London's biggest conversation continues with Steve Allen, LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. It's four minutes past five. Nice to have your company. Hello, Dave. Gooey. Little kitten you are. Uh, 84850, uk. The, the never-ending saga on this programme of uh, if you're going for dinner with the next-door neighbour and you think it could be romantic, is it churlish to have a starter? It's going to be the big question this morning. Or do you just go straight for the main course? Or do you cut out the main course and just have sandwiches in bed? See, the answer is, and yes, that was my stomach already, heavens above, I only had some fruit and a couple of biscuits and some sausages, but I wonder really whether or not, if, if you're going for dinner with a neighbour and they say, look, pop round for... Sa-. See, the trouble is, if they say... Would you like to come round for dinner? Then that's different. If they say, do you want to pop round for something to eat on Friday, then it can be something on your lap. It could be spaghetti bolognese. But I begin to wonder whether or not it's acceptable to have a starter. If there's just one other person. Seems a bit silly, doesn't it, really? Uh, and I, I'd be wondering whether or not you'd go round there and you'd go, oh, I've done a starter, and they turn up a prawn cocktail. You know, with the Mary Rose sauce, because that's all a bit of a worry, isn't it? And, and they've, got, uh, they, they've also buttered some brown bread and cut that into triangles and put it on the side and there's a lemon wedge. Or failing that, they've actually got one of those little, uh, little things that squeezes a piece of lemon. You cut a wedge and you put it in and you, and you get them in all the best fish and chip shops where they sort of say you can squeeze that over your scampi. And I always tell the waitress exactly where you can squeeze it. And, you know, strange, strange enough, they, ne- they never kind of get the gag at all. 84850, uk. So, is it acceptable? If you're going round to somebody's place and they say pop round for something to eat, and they, then they lay out a three-course meal, you know, and for, for dessert we're having flambéed pears or something. You know, it's a bit naff, isn't it? Whereas, really, you don't need to win anybody over because I would always think, what's the point of cooking for somebody? Take them out for dinner. Take them out for dinner. Much, much better. Uh, thank you, incidentally, for downloading. We are so far ahead. We're just absolutely cooking with gas on these uh, on these things. And thank you as well to Jamie. Uh, Jamie listens to all the podcasts, went to Mombasa for the holidays and uh, bought me a painting, which is lovely. Strangely enough, Jamie, I have a very similar painting because my father, years and years ago, was stationed out in Zimbabwe. And so I've got lots of African tribal art at home, including my favourite Zulu uh, spear and shield in miniature, it has to be said. If it was full size, we'd never get it in anywhere. But So I've got lots of this, and I love it to pieces. It's really lovely, really lovely. So, Jamie, thank you very much indeed for that. I shall find somewhere prominent to, uh, to hang it, and we'll sort that out later. Also this morning, we've got a, a bog-off in our how low. Oh, it's a television. 32-inch television, for many of you wondering... Oh, and incidentally, I knew there was something I was going to mention to you, first of all. In the Daily Mail today, yesterday, they've, they've got um, uh, a piece by Paul McKenna on how to sleep better at night. This, David, this is just for you, OK? If you really need to sleep better, stop drinking. Make sure you get lots of lots of water. So last night, as you know, the first night of my 48 hours without alcohol, slept like a log. Slept like a log. Normally, wake up... Ten times, fifteen times, something like that. But uh, last night, once. Once. So, uh, second night without alcohol tonight. Fantastic. Somebody said to me, God, you're going to find that difficult. And I have to be honest, I did sort of sit there looking at a bottle of wine, thinking, do I want it? Do you know, I've I've gone right off wine. Right off wine. Um, All of a sudden, you don't do it for 24 hours, and you think... I just don't... Yeah, it looks like me on the television. It's not me on the television, but it does look a bit like me on the television. <laughs> Maybe I had a hard time. Actually, I'm on YouTube again. I'm on YouTube again. Uh, it's up there. Dawn has put on the last six minutes 
of the last Croydon show, and you know you're going to log on and find it. Uh, what we're going to have to do is we're probably going to have to do um, a link to it, because at the moment she said it's, it's very difficult to actually uh, find. It, it probably comes up... Wait a minute, let me see if I can find this thing. Oh, yes, there's a new judge for Britain's Got Talent. They've, uh, they've gone for Kelly Brook. A friend of mine worked with her uh, out on the island, said, you wait till you see her without makeup. She's covered in spots. She's covered. But, of course, she photographs brilliantly. Unfortunately, she's dim as a plank. Dim as a plank. They had Joe Swash on the television yesterday, on Loose Women. He can't speak. He simply cannot speak. And have you noticed, I was strangely drawn to his hair. Strangely drawn to it. Because when they showed him in the jungle, you know that every day people were joking and saying, oh, more hair's fallen out, more hair's... And he's obviously teased it into some sort of shape. He obviously sprays it and then blow-dries it into this shape so it covers the bald bit. Because, frankly, from about half an inch from the front of his head, he's bald. But he teases this this cosy on his head into something very odd indeed. Very odd. Uh, so I was strangely drawn to that. Everybody going on about Carol McGiffin being engaged. I thought, good, that's good. Whether it's going to last or not, that's another matter. I can't find this blooming dawn thing. It was it was a long one as well. It was telling us all about uh, how... Oh, I shall find it later. I shall find it later. But uh, there is a link on there, and the link will be to us, the last piece of Steve Allen, six minutes from the Fairfield Halls in Croydon. And it's got Richard Hakey singing, and it's got the snow, and Allen, and everybody else, and everybody joining in. And it's very nice. Uh, Steve, did you see Tina eating her toenails on Big Brother? Apparently, in the Liverpool Echo, yesterday, day before, the family have disowned her. They've said she is so disgusting. Uh, this is Tina, I think Tina Malone, quite revolting. Foul-mouthed, ugly, fat bint who shouldn't even be on television. I don't know what she's doing there. No idea what she's doing there. Absolutely terrible. And the family have said, well, she's not like that at all normally. Yeah, right. I've also got a new web uh, website for you today. going to love this one. You're absolutely going to love this website. If you're one who likes criminality, you're going to love it. You're going to absolutely love it. Because it's, it's the best website that we've seen in ages. Oh, I'll tell you now what it is. Save you panicking over the thing, going, oh, I'm very tired, I might go to sleep. It's the Old Bailey Online. And what it's got, it's got all the transcripts from all the sensational trials from 1674 to 1913, included Oscar Wilde and Dr Crippen. You can read the transcripts of the trials. I know you will want to do this. Now, I'm telling you this now because I don't want anybody writing in tomorrow going, you mentioned a website the other day. I'm only telling you this now. You know, all I'm going to do is refer people to my previous answer. I'm not going to be repeating it again. It's www.oldbaileyonline.org. Oldbaileyonline.org. You can probably Google it and find it. Dr Crippin, Oscar Wilde, Sensational Trials. Where would you get the transcripts from? www.oldbaileyonline.org. So there you go. I found that this week. I thought, that's a good one. Uh, don't forget we got Bog Off between now and 7am. Chance to win a brilliant Samsung 32-inch LCD television in our How Low Reverse auction. Very rare do we give these things away, but this time it's two for the price of one. So a bit of extra help for every bid you make during this programme, and you must take them by seven. I'll give you the second one free of charge. So it's buy one, get one free. But quick, because all free bids must be used by the end of my show at 7am this morning. It's no good hanging them over to five past. They finish at seven, so you've got to take as many as possible. So if, if you make ten bids between now and uh, six o'clock or seven o'clock, whenever it is, then we'll double it. 
So whatever bid you make, we give you the second one free. OK, so lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Auction closes 4 p.m. today. So it's a quickie. You text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and you send it to treble eight two one. That's LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to treble eight two one. Every second bid between now and seven is free. The bids cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Lines close at 4pm today. You must be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. It's a nice one. Very nice one indeed. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I have missed um, Johnny. My girlfriend stroke fiancé stroke wife is in the Big Brother house. We are a committed couple and so much in love and we really, really, really trust each other. There's an ex-boy band member in the house and the love of my life is not interested in him. Although somebody unkindly said, me thinks the lady doth protesteth too much. I hope the mags will give us loads of coverage and money when she leaves the house. Have to go now as I started to sob and developed a compulsion to buy rap records by a 45-year-old has-been. Share my pain. So in love, says Johnny. This is all to do with Michelle Heaton who has turned on the fake waterworks in the Big Brother house. Uh, you know what Michelle Heaton is. She's a love cheat because her ex-husband, Andy Scott Lee, sold the story to the paper the other week saying, I reckon within seven weeks of being married she was cheating. So we never liked her. This was the old bag who came down the stairs, you remember, on the come dine with me, saying, oh, I haven't got any knickers on. And from that moment on, the word scrubber was painted over Michelle Heaton's face, I'm afraid. So uh, it's just a load of old rubbish. I'm with you, Johnny, on that one. It's, uh, it's... It's, I'm afraid, just just a shame, a great shame that she's in there. Unfortunately, she's made her living uh, either by getting married or going through this. Andy Scott Lee went through a fake wedding for OK Magazine with um, Nasty Nicky from the Big Brother house. Remember Nasty Nicky, the, uh, the dim one, who's, uh, who screamed and ranted and raved, and Nicky Graham, and screamed and shouted and turned out to be Miss Pig Ugly, and, uh, and yet funny at the same time. But unfortunately, career has just gone nowhere. Absolutely nowhere at all. Dreadful, really. Uh, 84850. Um Another one here. Oh, this, we're still going on about the Prince Charles because now you've got the papers. And having been delighted, the papers the other day, at actually being able to write the word Pakistani abbreviated, the papers couldn't, they couldn't print it in big enough letters. Now they've managed to write the word sooty. Now, I don't know how many of you are listening, but I've got a sooty at home. I've got a sooty, a sweep, I've got all the characters, and I now feel I'm being tarnished. Because we love sooty. This is a polo-playing man. He's a, a businessman. His name's Kuldip Singh Dillon. He plays polo. His nickname at the polo club is Sooty. Don't ask me why it's Sooty. I have no idea. I was going to bring you the story before it hit the papers anyway, because I'd heard it from another source. I'd heard it from somebody who'd sent it to me from a local paper, but that's neither here nor there. And, and I remember thinking, if that's the nickname that he wants to go by, it's got absolutely diddly squat to do with any of us. If he's happy to be called Sooty, then that's fine. I think, I mean, to be honest with you, what, what you call somebody is entirely between you and them. All these people who keep interfering, I'm sick to death of it. Everybody said the other day, uh, they've all said it. The person who was called the P-word by Prince Harry said, I'm not bothered by it. Only his father got a bit overexcited, but then you can phrase something in such a way you can get the right answer out of something. The newspapers are so clever, you know, doing surveys and saying, you know, is it OK to do this? Is it OK that young people have guns? Certainly not. Do you think it's OK that young people should be taught to fire guns sensibly and be able to go to war? Yes, of course. You know, you, could, you can get whatever answer you want for whatever survey. So in the case of Prince Harry and the royal family and the nicknames, I'm quite sure that the people who work for Prince Mar Princess Margaret had, a, had a, a nickname for her. 
I know most of the public had a nickname for, and it wasn't too pleasant. And I'm quite sure that there are various members. You will remember, of course, that it's the Queen Mother who, was, who famously came out and said all these wops and dagos over here. Do you remember this one? And, we, and people went, the Queen Mother said that? And she did. She said it in an interview. Uh, which, because that's what they talk about. You remember, of course. I mean, people have got different things. It, as long as they're not calling you sooty or the P word, why should it matter? If they want to call somebody else who's quite happy with it, that's fair enough. We all get called names. Good God in heaven, if I had a pound for every name that somebody called me, I'd have retired years ago. Just need a few more names this morning if you can manage to get it. But, of course, nowadays, you know, if it's actually personally and it's venomously attacking you, then that, that's completely different. Then you go to the police and you drag somebody into court, you know. Uh, Steve, says Tara, Volivants, prawn cocktail, chicken in the basket, Black Forest Gatto. All sounds very suburban, Abigail's party and Margot Ledbetter. But fun. And don't forget Demis Roussos on the... Yes, that's the trouble, isn't it? I've just... I don't know if you watch the royal family over Christmas. It's just... It's so... The worst thing is, there are families like that. They'll have gone out there and had cup of soup. And the twist being it's in a bowl. And, um... And then the turkey that didn't defrost and all that. It was just awful. But I agree with you. Volivants, prawn cocktail, chicken in a basket. <laughs> Who has chicken in a basket? It's quite nice, actually, if you have chicken and chips in the basket. And Black Forest Gatto. Yum, yum, yum. How lovely. Richie says, although I love going out for a meal, I also love having friends for dinner. We usually have some share breads while I cook the main, usually the M&S variety, bread with Gruyere cheese in it. And the red ones are particular favourites. After that, I'll probably do chicken pasta carbonara with green pesto and ciabattas, with cheese to follow, brie or Cambazola, whatever that is, all washed down with lashings of red. Not a prawn cocktail in sight, but I couldn't do Come Dine With Me. I missed it yesterday. I'm told that Leslie Joseph can't cook for toffee. But then Leslie Joseph, you see, has never had to cook because she's always had uh, girls who actually cook in. She's got people who look after the kids, and I thought they'd always done the uh, the cooking. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Use headlines. Morning, team. Uh, 5.20 is the time, and it's Wednesday morning. Anita says, as long as Sooty can call Charles Big Ears, I think that's fine. Absolutely. And Ginge, you know, that'd be a good one. Uh, soup in the basket, Steve, can be fun. Good. <laughs> uh, another one here. Uh, how safe are tinned fruit? Um, fairly... Why on earth is this moving all by itself? Look at this. It's got... Oh, mind of its own, this computer this morning. Um... Tin fruit. I don't mind tin fruit, actually. <laughs> I have eaten a whole tin... You've eaten a whole tin of Del Monte halved peaches. Do you know, we used to love Del Monte any fruit, drain off the syrup, because I don't like the syrup, and then condense milk over the top. Delish. Absolutely lovely. Listen, St Albans says, Steve, two words to strike fear into your heart at, dinner, at a dinner party. Leslie Joseph. <laughs> I had Leslie Joseph taking her clothes off in front of me once. Marjorie, I've had quite a number of people do that. <laughs> uh, Kelly Brook was on The One Show the other day. Oh, have you seen The One Show? Do you know, it's got even worse. The laziest presenter, Adrian Charles, can't even bother to dress up for it. The one next to him, who looks like the drag queen, looks a little bit like the one who, who went out with um, Sven Goran Eriksson, Nancy Delolio, only famous for sleep, sleeping with Sven. No, not famous for anything else. That was it. And then talking and, and thinking that she, she's attractive. She's attractive if you like blokes dressed up as women, Yeah. I mean, she's hugely attractive. And then Christine Bleakley, who trowels the old makeup on and quite clearly spends a lot of time in front of the mirror, unlike Adrian Charles, who's like a fat bloke. He sits there with a T-shirt on, the jumper over the top and the jeans and drops his script on the floor. 
and you look at him and you think, what a waste of space you are. It's almost as bad as Jeff Stelling on Countdown. And can somebody buy the poor girl who's doing the numbers some smaller heels? You cannot stand there in here. She's leaning. She's got a stoop already. Either make the board a different size or do something. And also, she's not much blooming good at doing the numbers, is she? The other day, they had somebody and he said, oh, I got 920. And she went, yeah, I can't make it any different from that either. But I'm sure there must be a way. I thought, that's what we're paying you 400 quid a programme for, love. You're supposed to be able to do it. It's like employing a magician, isn't it? Uh, the magician gets it, goes, oh, I can't do anything. Well, sorry, that was Tommy Cooper, wasn't it? I've just realised. But you have, it's like employing a, somebody who works in a bakery. They go, I can't actually bake anything, but I just work in the bakery. My brother calls his daughter Pooh or Pumpkin. She's seven and is very happy. Uh, does Leslie Joseph have children? Yep, she has two children. Two children. Um, do you know the, the, apparently the Hovis ad on the television, you know the one that costs them about £7 million to make? Apparently it's seen an increase in Hovis bread. Sales have gone up by something like 2 or 3%. I thought, I'm not surprised the amount of money they spent on the advert. So then all the news organisations show the advert again, thus giving them a free piece of, a free piece of publicity. Ridiculous. 84850, steve at uh, John says, we have nicknames at work. Actually, we do. Well, we do. We have Trabs and Savo and JC and JR. I mean, not so much nicknames. It's just people are bone idle. They can't actually repeat their whole name. You know, do you take this woman, Trabs, or do you... Or Trabs isn't the woman, but he's the bloke. <laughs> Although sometimes. Anyway. And so I begin to wonder whether or not... I mean, I don't... Do we have nicknames at work? I don't think we have nicknames. It's just just a few people. It's a bit CB radio around here, just a little bit, I'm afraid. Uh, Steve, I haven't drunk for five years. Haven't slept for 39, says D, i.e. since birth. Uh, definitely slept, slept better when drinking. OK, it was more passing out than sleep, but it's true. <laughs> oh, dear me. It's true. Well, I did, didn't have anything last night, and I really did get a good night's sleep. It got to about 7.30, and I thought, oh, I really can't wait to climb into bed. And, uh, and I was out. The moment I hit, hit the sheets, I was out for the count. It was lovely. Also, I didn't put the heating on. I've discovered if you put the heating on, it's too... I can't sleep with the heat. It's just got to be the right temperature, which is good. Maureen Noreen. Morning, Noreen. And uh, Noreen says, another great show with Alan on Tuesday... Watch Come Dine With Me Again. Leslie Joseph was pathetic. Even I could cook a leg of lamb, and I'm no master chef. Brian, still not well. However, did manage to eat half a bag of mini choc fudge bars. Caramel, chomp, chomp, curly whirly. It's probably ten bars. I hope the fast gets started OK, because I've got blood tests on Monday. Well, I've got no alcohol today, no alcohol tonight, and then tomorrow morning, it's fasting. So, from the time I go to bed... Is it tonight? Yeah, tonight at six... It's uh, nothing to eat. But that's great. I'll be in bed, so I'll, I don't eat when I'm in bed, so it doesn't make any difference. And it's just water tomorrow. No, no cups of tea, no nothing. So that's good, isn't it? And I can't wait to get home if I've got the energy. And, um, and then I shall go to the doctor and get my big blood test. Whoopee! Yasmin Khan is the paper reviewer with The Breakfast Show this morning. And as the royal race row develops, although, frankly, I think it's of the media's making this one, uh, are the royals old-fashioned? The guest will be Richard Fitzwilliams, the former editor of International... Who's who? And driving whilst using a hands-free mobile, just as dangerous. Uh, so says Joe Stagg from the Royal Society for the Prevention of Accidents. So is the same, or can the same, be said of people who smoke at the wheel? Can, and also, talking of smoking at the wheel, I keep seeing more companies uh, whose drivers are smoking at the wheels of their vehicle. Totally illegal. But I wonder if there's been any prosecutions yet. I'm not actually convinced that there's been prosecutions. And I saw somebody the other day from a well-known company sitting in the lorry. They both had fags on. 
And I was going to take a photograph, and then I could do it on the programme, and then when the company wrote in and said, well, you've got no proof of this, I go, actually, I have. Because I'm very good. Very, very good. Uh, Martin says, I've just heard that Kelly Brook is to be a judge on Britain's Got Talent. Could you remind me just what her talent is, or is it a little bit too early? Uh, her talent is she was dropped from the big breakfast because she couldn't read auto cue. She couldn't read big words. I mean, she, if you think Joe Swash is a bit dim, she's roughly in the same kind of league. She was on Celebrity Love Island and she is a bit thick. Looks lovely. Looks lovely. But couldn't hold her, her own in a conversation unless it was dealing with something fairly simple like the colour of a lipstick and who does your hair. That would be about it. Because on The Big Breakfast, uh, that was the standing joke. They were going, she can't read the auto cue. And she would stumble over the simplest words like and, if, of, to, when, things like that. And so they eventually said, look, you, you have, you're lovely looking, but frankly, the public are turning off in droves. Unlike Channel 5 News, which now that we've lost uh, Natasha Kaplinsky, who went off because she very unwisely got herself pregnant. I say unwisely because you're either building a career or you're not particularly bothered. And if you just join a company and then you say, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant, it's not exactly much use to them having paid you a fortune. But they've got a new girl on there who I can't bear because she's a little bit, it's, it's a little bit the Sky News hairstyle. It's a little bit, it doesn't move, and my lips are just gorgeous, and you're going to look at me, and by God, I love you too. And it's that kind of look, so I'm not really concentrating on what the poor soul is saying, but apparently the figures have gone up for Channel 5 News. Since, since Natasha Kaplinsky left, more people are watching. That's good, isn't it? Because Natasha Kaplinsky, a lot of people who were mm, yeah, not exactly the most popular person, I don't think. Uh, Philip was lent a box set of The Untouchables. The Mar Barker episode is good with Claire Trevor. Thank you for that. Um, Steve, read the P word. Oh, not that again. Uh, the said race of people use it when they talk about themselves. Well, apparently that's okay. That's okay. It's like uh, it's like gay people can use the word queer about themselves if they want. That's their business. And that's in exactly the same way that Prince Harry can use the P word if he's referring to a friend of his who doesn't object. If the friend turns around and says, don't call me that, then fair enough. Hence, now we've got Sooty Gate. And again, this man's been called Sooty for years and nobody's come. He, he doesn't mind it at all. So, in other words, why is everybody else getting their knickers in a twist? It's got nothing to do with anybody else. If he says it's OK, different if they go out there and call other people Sooty, but they're not. They're just doing it there. If we complained to Australia about being poms, they'd shake in their boots. I don't think Australians would, would do anything about shaking in their boots. And uh, what Angela says, I've got a blood test this morning. I didn't manage the fasting bit. Well, I just tend to find if you go to bed early, it solves all the problems. <laughs> text 84850. Morning, team. 28 minutes to six. Uh, Richard said a friend of ours at school was called Sooty. That was because he was a very dark-skinned black guy, and he would answer to it. And we never gave it a second thought. Uh, nor was he ever offended. And I'm a black guy. The papers should just give it a rest. I think the papers are stirring it. To be honest with you, I think the papers and the media are perpetuating this pile of old rubbish. I'm sure everybody's been called nicknames. Every si if you've managed to get through life without being called a nickname, well done. It's just as was pointed out uh, in an. E no, where has it gone to? Somebody pointed something out, and it says here. Uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt, hurt me. Unless, of course, there's a story and loads of money involved. Because that's what it comes down to. Even Carol Malone was saying the other day, and a lady called Pretty who's uh, an Asian MP, and she says she's never encountered anything like that. Hers was the only Asian family in Scotland, in a village, running the shop, never encountered anything. So I've never encountered anything in my life. But why 
why on earth would you actually want to sort of say, oh, I'm offended by that, just to get money? Peter in London, uh, no, I have to explain this to you because you're quite clearly a bit dim, so I'll do it for you now, OK? Uh, if, you, if, if you say something about a company on air and the company then say, no, that didn't happen, if I have a picture, you see, then I can prove it happened. So there's no point in me saying I was on a British Rail, a South West train the other day and I saw the guards smoking because South West trains are going to go, no, you didn't, and I'm going to go, yes, I did, there's my proof. That's, you know, that's like, that's like going into court. That's exactly how it, how it works. If you go into court, there's no point if you haven't got any, any proof of anything. So you have to prove it because otherwise they then sue you and they go, ah, you can't say that. And you go, well, I've got proof. And I'm not doing it to get them the sack, incidentally, although, frankly, I think they should be fired for smoking uh, in a lorry. You're, you're probably one of those who does smoke, actually. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, Tash says, uh, I couldn't work out why I've been so hot trying to sleep, but I changed the heating from time to been on constantly. You cannot, you should not have heating on all night. I know I've done it before, and you wake up in the morning and you feel listless and you feel yucky. My, my poor bank manager's got to get up. At, in fact, she's getting up even as I speak now because she's got to be up in town for meetings today. And she said, I'm getting up at 5.30, and I went, oh, dear. <laughs> Which is not very good. If you're not used to getting up early in the morning, it's absolutely terrible. Uh, so that's why. Don't ever put the heating on at night. It's fine to have it on, but then it turns itself off. It's, it's fine. Uh, 84850, UK. Natasha, who forgot completely what happened to the Komplinsky effect, to Simon and Islington. Uh, Steve, is that what you're trying to do? Oh, is this the same one again, actually? Get the average man fined £80 in the time of recession for someone who's got nothing to do with you. Well, it has, I'm afraid, because it's the law. I suppose, in other words, if you see somebody breaking into somewhere, you think that's OK, because it's times of recession. No, 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 no. You have to sort these people out, I'm sorry. Otherwise, you know, people just come round and break into your house. You'd be the first one to scream, wouldn't you, like a little girl, if somebody broke one of your windows. And they went, I'm only breaking in, mate, because it's a recession and I need to take something because you've got it. You go, that's OK, then. <laughs> Peasants. <laughs> 84850, steve at Stephen Harlington says, if you're the in driver of the vehicle, you're known as the primary driver if you never carry passengers. This was two of them. Two of them smoking in there. I'll name the company tomorrow, I think, because they, they go through Twickenham fairly regularly, and I'll get a picture of it, and I'll post it on the internet. Totally illegal. Police should be called immediately. Uh, I think hanging, actually, or perhaps shooting. Perhaps we can have target practice at traffic lights. <laughs> the average working man. What a lovely little expression. So quaint and so old-fashioned. Uh, apparently, if you never carry passengers, you can smoke. Oh, absolutely. I, n- I know the law. Luckily, I'm very good on the law, completely. Uh, Steve, my wife's nickname for me is... Oh, fancy Roger. There's a surprise. <laughs> we found one of those the other day, actually, around here, which was good. Um, oh, a lot of people talking about uh, Tom Cruise has finally been signed up to appear on Jonathan Ross's show, and I think that's fantastic, isn't it? And why is he on there? Because he's flogging his movie. There's no signing up or anything else. You shouldn't imagine... If somebody says to him, you know, he's just been suspended for making filthy phone calls, and you're appearing on there, Tom, and you're a Scientologist. But they're they're so desperate to get somebody on Jonathan Ross's show who who just doesn't uh, know what's been going on. So they've obviously kept it from him. Because he has been interviewed before, but I wonder if he knew why he'd been suspended for such a long time. No, I think his days are numbered, definitely. Dee says, that uh, that Paul McKenna thing works. I just nearly fell asleep reading it. It's good, isn't it? I like the idea, though. Some people say drink helps you sleep. It does if you're comatose. But normally, it doesn't at all. doesn't at all. Quickly, let's, let's whiz through some of the papers. I know that uh, Bill did some earlier on, but uh, I'm desperate to do a, a few stories. I marked a few stories earlier. So let's see how fast we can go through uh, Sootygate. 
uh, the Royals' non-PC name for a polo pal. Lots of pictures of this man looking very happy, and why not? Because he's hanging about with the royal family. And believe you me, if you're a businessman, it adds thousands to your, to your case. Uh, more on uh, Cruz signing up to star on the Jonathan Ross comeback show. Britain's Got Judges, Kelly Brook heading off to a rehearsal. You wait till you see her sitting there. All she'll do is she'll smile. It, it'll be a bit, a bit boring, I'm afraid. And here's uh, Jade Goody on holiday with the children again. Are the children on holiday from school? Have I missed something here? I didn't know that the kids were on holiday. So she's taken them out of school to go on holiday. She looks fine. She looks absolutely fine. And how lucky she went with a photographer. How useful. So we'll be seeing that in OK magazine very shortly. She looks absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. She's wearing a hat, but she went on to... I'm just more worried about why are the kids on holiday with her. Are the kids away from school at the moment? Because I know which, uh, which school uh, one of the kids goes to, so I'm, I'm, I'm quite keen to find out um, how, how you just take them out of school. Are you just allowed to do that nowadays? The answer is, no, you're not. Uh, compassionate... Well, she's not dead. <laughs> she's, she's quite alive. She's on holiday, smiling, laughing and running into the waves. Looks, looks good to me. Looks good to me. Oh, that we could all have that amount of strength. Heard the one about the academic who embarked on an earnest study into bad jokes. The results were terribly amusing. The truth is laughable. Bad jokes give four in ten of us a good giggle. If I eat three cakes in the morning and three for tea, what will I have? Tummy ache. OK. Why were the rabbits eating the motorway? It was a dual cabbage way. OK, hold, hold back on some of these. What's green and like snow? Skiweed. OK. What does pride go before? Of lions. OK. Uh, the world's worst joke. Knock, knock. Who's there? Boo. Boo hoo. Ah, oh, don't cry. And those are some of the worst jokes. If you're listening to these on the podcast, I can only apologise. <laughs> only apologise that they are absolutely awful. But it's, uh, it's actually... It's actually awful, really, that these jokes make you smile. Uh they are legal, I'm afraid, Al. They are absolutely... I'm surprised you don't know that. I'm surprised you don't know that. Absolutely legal. Absolutely. Uh, we have a lorry that goes to France for one week, which the driver smokes and can smoke. Then it comes back, and it can't, says Nearly Made Stone. <laughs> That's true, actually. That's true. A different... It's, it's like somebody here gets... Um, now, who was it? A well-known model, Caprice, got banned for drink driving, and goes over to Monaco, carries on driving, because the ban wasn't enforceable over there. So that's it. Amazing, isn't it? There's a girl here, beaten in Scotland because she has an English accent. She was enjoying a night out with friends in Aberdeen. She's a beauty therapist. She's five feet tall. Two guys walked past and shouted something about the English. I didn't think it was aimed at me until one of them whacked me in the face. What sort of sad, pathetic bloke, unless it's Paul Gascoigne, hits women in the face? What sort of person does that? I th I'm sorry, I think this is just getting out of hand now. Men who go out and smack women in the face... Dear God in heaven. Can't believe it, can you? Well, they actually have it. Judging by a couple of my uh, text messages this morning, these are probably the same people out there who would probably also think it was OK to hit women. Very strange, isn't it? Very strange. Uh, more on uh, Natasha being away and uh, people watching Matt Barbette. Oh, I've got so many good stories about Matt Barbette I'd love to share with you, but we'll, we'll save them for another day when there's not very much in the newspaper. Uh, two men convicted, convicted of adultery in Iran, you know what I'm going to tell you, have been stoned to death. A third one who was convicted managed to get away. Even though uh, Iran has been criticised around the world for allowing individual judges to order stoning, despite recommending them not to do so. And yet they still do it. They still stone women to death. 
They still hang young boys. They still commit these atrocities, and they think it's okay. Quite clearly, a bit mentally deficient. If people saying, oh, wouldn't it be marvellous if we had Sharia law over here? Certainly the prisons would be a lot emptier, because there appear to be so many Muslims in prison at the moment. And, and I always thought, why have we got Muslims in prison? I thought they were supposed to be terribly peaceful, but there's loads in there. They built a mosque in one of the prisons here. Because there are so many people, and I didn't, I didn't know why. I didn't know why. Uh, Nick in East London says, you can't smoke in any company car lorry, even if you're on your own. Yes, you can. The law. Why don't people know the law? Why are people so stupid this morning? Yes, if you're, if you're by yourself, you can. You can. And, uh, unfortunately, if there's two of you, you can't. Because it's deemed as the place of work. Okay? So, that's why. Um, uh, Tim says, Jane can't, Jane can't go on holiday when she may die. Jade can't go on holiday when she may die. No, not getting that one at all, I'm afraid. Not getting that one. My God, they get balmier and balmier, some of these ones, don't they? Jade can't go on holiday. Do you get that one? Can't go on holiday when she may die. No, the producer didn't get that one either, so we have tried. We, we did try working around it. Uh, Kelly's got talent. Here she is. The answer is no, she hasn't. Uh, more on uh, my mate. Harry calling his Indian polo pal, and he doesn't mind a bit. In fact, he's even said to the papers, I'm quite happy with it. Watching Celebrity Big Brother? Fantastic. Uh, Coolio? I don't know how much longer he's going to stay in there. Ulrika trying everything now, even putting a bikini on to try and win people over because she's... Uh, ooh, scary, scary. It needs ironing. But uh, she's out there, and in fact, all the girls are up for eviction, except Latoya. So you've got Mutcher, so aptly named. Uh, you've got Michelle and Tina... And Ulrika, all up for eviction this week. What a choice, eh? What a choice. I think it really would be... Actually, strange enough, I, I have read the Daily Star very carefully today. And it appears as though the tide is turning against uh, Katie Price, otherwise known as Jordan. Because, in the centre pages, Lucy Pinder wins the battle of the girls. Because you remember that you've only got to say one little thing against Jordan. And Jordan then opens her foul mouth and comes back with a torrent of abuse. And Lucy Pinder said, no, I'm absolutely untouched by cosmetic surgery and at least I'm not orange. Jordan hit back. Now, you know what Jordan's like. When you, when you rile Jordan, she is revolting. I mean, she, I mean, she's revolting most of the time, but this time she's even worse. And she's hit back. She said she used to have a right beak on her. I reckon she's had her nose done. Her lips and teeth are fake too. And the Daily Star have said, well, having discovered Lucy Pinder on a Bournemouth beach in 2003, we know that's not true. And then the Daily Star lay into Jordan by saying, having also spotted Katie, 30 on uh, a, a beach. We now know she's had five boob jobs, a nose op, porcelain teeth veneers, a cheek sculpting op, and a lip plumping procedure. That's on top of regular Botox and liposuction on her legs and stomach. And they say, but as our vote shows, plastic really isn't fantastic. This is the Daily Star turning against Jordan. It's fantastic, because they've suddenly realised that Jordan is so desperately unattractive now. I mean, she's really not a role model. She's neither glamorous. I mean, at least Lucy Pinner, thick as a plank and boring, I know. But at least she's more attractive and she's all natural. Whereas Jordan, surgically enhanced and just looks awful. Absolutely dreadful, dreadful. So I find that very interesting. The Daily Star have never done that before. Not as far as I remember. But they've done it today. Is this the end? Perhaps we actually might better buy OK magazine again without having to buy into dreary Jordan's family and that peculiar bloke she's married. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk, all happening between now and seven. 
12 minutes to uh, 6, no, it's not 13 minutes to 6, and it's Wednesday morning. Steve, you can't even use the phone whilst driving, even hands-free if they had their way, but you can look at all the adverts on the side of the road. I know, and also, if you've got somebody else in the car, you can talk to them. Doesn't make any sense, does it? And yet they actually say that if, if, you've, if you've got uh, a phone in your hand, it's a distraction. No more than singing along to the radio, that's a distraction. Looking at adverts, but that's a distraction. Eating. I've seen people shaving. That's just women. And, and I've seen men putting on makeup, transvestites. You know, it's all happening out there, mainly lorry drivers, unfortunately. 84850, Steve at LBC.co.uk. Uh, Steve, I'm on the A2 and there is fog. Visibility's good. Uh, yet people still think they need fog lights. It's uh, totally illegal to use fog lights uh, when it's not foggy. People, you know why people put them on? And I know why I used to put them on years and years ago. Because it looks pretty on the dashboard. You've got an extra light that lights up. In my case, it does look like the cockpit of Concorde, but it's, it's quite attractive. And people see it on there. And I remember being stopped by a policeman once. He, went, you've got your, he said, you've got your fog lights on. I said, oh, have I? Knowing I damn well had. And he said, yeah, it's illegal to have them on if it's not foggy. I said, no, it looks so pretty, though, on the dashboard, doesn't it? And he said, yes, but if people are behind you, they can't see you breaking it. All right, all right, you've done it, you've done it. OK, just accept the fact. Just say, turn the fog lights off. Simple as that. I see people breaking the law every day. Absolutely every single day. But there's not enough police out there, are there, to try and sort all this out, I'm afraid. Uh, uh, Steve, says Tara, I suffer from kleptomania. Sometimes I have to pinch myself. Seeing as you're into silly jokes this morning. Thank you. Yes, I know. Somebody sent me this other one in, and this, this has done the rounds. Oh, I've lost the blooming thing now. It's, it's, it's come out so many times, this, uh, this gag, uh, over the years, and it's just one of those silly ones. A charity pantomime in aid of paranoid schizophrenics descended into chaos when somebody shouted, he's behind you. Now, you know that there's going to be somebody who's going to say, I've got a friend who's a paranoid schizophrenic, and these are the sort of people who have no sense of humour whatsoever. You know, and they'll say, there's nothing funny about that. You know, it's, it, there's always, you can always, you can always offend everybody. It, it's not difficult nowadays. Some people just sort of sit down and watch the television just to, just to annoy themselves. You know, and those are people, I think it's, I think it's very funny. 84850, steve at Um Apparently, oh, this is from somebody who claims to be a police officer. Yes. Uh, it says, you're wrong about smoking in a lorry cab. It's deemed to be an offence. It's deemed to be an office. And you can't smoke there in regardless of how many people sat in it at the time. No, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong on that one. Blimey, as a police officer, you don't know the law. Good grief. There's a worry, isn't it? No, if you're by yourself, you can smoke. If there's two people, you cannot smoke. It's as simple as that. So, unfortunately, Mark, as a police officer, you're really not, not knowing the law at all. Heavens, but I know, I know some of you are not particularly bright at the moment. I didn't think we'd find somebody this quickly. And um, uh, the comment on Jade, I think the text meant she'll be able to take her kids on holiday when she's dead. Well, that's, yeah, she won't be able to, as I said to the producer, she won't be able to clean her teeth either or do anything else like that. But she's not, and she's nowhere near it. I, I, I wasn't interested in the holiday. I was interested in why the kids are not at school. If honestly, even police officers can't listen now. Uh, Eamon, the lorry driver, says, if I want to touch up my blusher whilst driving... <laughs> it's fantastic, isn't it? 84850, Um Keith says, I did hear that Jonathan Ross show is having trouble getting guests to appear because some of you on the programme as risque to appear on. Uh, no, they haven't uh, said that at all. What they said, you've just read that in a paper. You just read that in a paper. Every single guest, Keith, who appears on that programme is sent a, a DVD of it. 
Every single person. Every single TV show that somebody is appearing on, every agent will insist on seeing a DVD so they know what show it is. So you don't need to check that at all. That's, I know that for a fact. And I would have thought that somebody who works in the business you apparently work in doesn't know that. So uh, that's how it works. Every single show that somebody appears on, if, if they're not aware of it, if it's somebody coming in from America and they say, we'd like to appear on the Jonathan Ross show, and they go, OK, great, um, what is it? And they say, oh, it's just a chat show. They send a DVD. Goes over by bike, same day, and then people have a look at it, and, uh, and they decide if they want to appear on it. Have to do it on every television show now if they're not familiar with it. Uh, Johnny Brixton, who has a nickname too vulgar to say on air, says the name-calling and friendly, friendly banter between friends have reached a new low. An MP I find really totally insincere and only in it for himself has now deemed it necessary to gob off. Yep. Keith Vaz was on all news channels yesterday pontificating. Next week, Steve Allen exposed for telling the truth about wannabe celebs. The papers will go back for the last 30 years. It's true, actually, isn't it? It's, it's, it's funny now, they do go back as far as they want. We were, we were still debating the other day as to how long they'd had the Harry DVD, or the video. And, and you think, they might have had it for, for ages. We've got no idea. Jane Moore was looking at uh, Claire Richards' new fitness DVD, which has got a very fat Claire Richards uh, done to sell a, a, um, a DVD to you on the fact that she's lost weight. And it shows the photo taken a year before when she was a hefty 16 stone 7 pounds. So they put her in the tightest outfit to emphasise how fat she is. Uh, and now, of course, she can troll round all the chat shows talking about how much weight she's lost. And at least now, says Jane, uh, we can find out the mystery of what happened to the rest of Steps. Clearly, she ate them. I mean, look, why would you want to wear something as tight as that? I know she's selling a DVD, but, I mean, look at it. It's horrible, isn't it, really? Unfortunately, Claire, just as well you've gone into the slimming business because your singing was going nowhere at all, I'm afraid, which was a bit sad. But, I mean, fact, you put that on the front so that people who look like that go, I look like that now. In a year's time, I could look like that. Nobody will, of course. Nobody will. Because it's, it's, you've got to do it every day. You've got to go out there. You've got to, if you want to lose weight, you'll lose weight. If you don't want to lose weight, you won't lose weight. I see that Colleen's brother is arrested. Uh, over a bar brawl that led to the arrest of Stephen Gerrard. Colleen's uh, family are quite charming. That's all I can tell you. I, can, I know no more about them apart from that they're, they're charming. OK? Get my drift. Um, 84850, Stephen LBC. Stephen Arlington says, that so-called policeman. God, blimey. You need to put them right, don't you? Um, lovely. Uh, Stevie says, the rule for smoking is you have to be the sole driver. If anybody else ever drives it, you can't smoke. Uh, yes. I think, are people listening this morning? This is exactly what we're saying. If you're the sole driver in there, you can do whatever you like. You can hold a party, as far as I'm concerned, as long as you keep both hands on the wheel, because you know that's absolutely necessary. And if you're smoking, both hands are not on the wheel. And that, of course, is illegal. In the same way that, at the moment, I think they're, they're buying up this field to stop the next runway at Heathrow Airport. And they had a, uh, a lawyer who's dealt with a lot of this, and he said, no matter what they do, if it goes through, it'll be compulsory purchase. They won't, you know, they can split it up into a million pieces. Will not make any difference at all. Uh, Steve from Roland in Caterham. Surely a sat-nav is a distraction in a vehicle. I, absolutely. I totally... Everything is a distraction. So why you can't be on the phone? I've got no idea. I'm on the phone constantly constantly in my car constantly use it all the time uh steve you're mainly right except you can smoke providing you're alone you use the cab regularly and nobody else is in the cab until the next day so you need to be a fortune teller too says brian exactly you can't believe that a so-called policeman doesn't even know the law how worrying is that god blimey i think we need to find out which station he's at go round there and say excuse me send him back to heston 
or wherever they said Hendon, Heston. Why would you send him to Heston? You've got to find out where these people come from. It's quite worrying. We're going to tea with the strange bits on top now, I should imagine. Is it? Um, I think so. <laughs> Dear Lord above, what is it? I mean, it's, it's practically something from outer space, isn't it? Like a it does look like a cappuccino. It's very peculiar looking. And perhaps we should leave the bag in there longer. <laughs> uh, Ailey, uh, sorry, another one here. Recovering from an operation, and your show is the best medicine, says Jane. Uh, did you hear about the hyena who swallowed an oxocube and made a laughing stock of himself? Thank you very much indeed. 84850, Steve at LBC. Uh, Lee says you can't smoke in a company car at all. If you buy yourself, you can. If you buy yourself, you can. There's, there's so many different uh, rules. If the truck is used by other people apart from you, you can't smoke in it. If it's just used by you, you can. See? Thank God the policeman's given up on this one, because quite clearly he wasn't a policeman. Perhaps he's one of these pretend policemen. You know, going... Perhaps he's, um... Well, he might not be a policeman. I don't know. I want to see his number, actually, and find out. And, um... So, there we are. A company car or lorry is a place to work, and even by yourself, you can't smoke. Well, you can smoke. You can smoke. If you're by yourself, you can smoke. It's as simple as that. Resmoke. It was going. Oh, I love this one. This is going to run forever now, isn't it? It's fantastic. Up goes the Steve Allen audience yet again. Resmoking in company cars or vans. If somebody else may use it after you, i.e., it's not your personal van, then you can't smoke in it, even when you're on your own. Well, most people drive their vans, don't they? It's the same person who's driving the same van all the time. I would imagine. I've seen people from the post office smoking. Get out with a fag on in the vans obviously all right. Mind you, I've seen policemen stopping on double yellow lines to go and get money out of a cash point machine before now, which we've mentioned on the programme. Totally illegal, of course. Far be it from me to mention that, as my mother worked for the police. Um, another one here. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> Thank you. Steve from Ray. How'd you get a fat bird into bed? Piece of cake. Thank you. It's an old one. It's an old one. That people like them. You see, it's the simplest. And the worse the joke is, the worse the joke is, apparently, the more people laugh, which is very worrying. Um, Stevie says, I've just joined in late today, just in time to hear the policeman getting it wrong. Probably Parks Police. Do you know, we've got Parks Police, Met Police, City of London Police. Then we've got the pretend policeman. And then we've got other policemen. And then we've got security. We've got all sorts of policemen here. Volunteer Police. You've got them everywhere, absolutely everywhere. Uh, 84850, Ronin Harrow says that we should bring back stoning adulterers in this country. Lovely. The Hangham and Floggett Brigade. The only police I see on the road, says John, are community police who are giving out parking tickets. Oh, I'm all in favour of parking tickets being given out. Oh, yeah, Hangham. That's what I'm up for that. Let's bring back gibbets by the side of the road. News is next, LBC. 97.3. Morning, team. Nice to have your company. To have your company night. It's Wednesday and it's cold. Just in case you're wondering, you know, why it is so cold out there, it's because we're heading into a cold snap. It's going to be sunny later on today, which is good news, but then I'm afraid by next week they've, they've predicted the real bad weather is back in with a vengeance. I, of course, love it. I absolutely love it. I, it listen, I can't get enough snow. I cannot get enough snow. Uh, Steve? Uh, 80... Sorry, what's this one here? I know he's not being paid the rest of the 80 million for a deal. I know now. I wonder if the 80 million divided by less people is equal to more money for people like, well, anybody really. No, not at all, I'm afraid, Keith. No, that's exactly how they uh, they do it. The 18 million pounds over the three-year three, three year deal is split up into uh, different programmes. It'll be invoiced on a programme-by-programme basis. 
OK? That's exactly how it works. Uh, Pete says... Oh, crikey, here we go. It's far too long to deal with all of that. Uh, only vehicles that are enclosed must be smoke-free. Uh, it's amazing, actually, isn't it? You can, you can recycle, I've discovered. The same story can come back three years later. I'll tell you what, three years to this day, we're going to do smoking in, in cabs again. I've decided it's a, it's a fairly good one. And... Um, uh, I can't read that one. For strange reasons, some of these things that come in, they, they end up putting a, a strange sign on them. And I don't... The A and E sign. And I don't know, I don't know what that is. So, of course, it doesn't actually... Uh, doesn't mean anything, I'm afraid, to me. 84850, steve at Um OK, now for Dawn and Rice up on the emails. We have a Trojan here called Vundo, which we're trying to get rid of. It's being a bit stubborn. So it is on there. The last six minutes of Steve Allen... Uh, on stage at Croydon, in front of, I think, about 1,700 people last... Uh, was it this year? Last No, last year. Now, it must be, mustn't it? So, uh, well worth catching. And we'll, we'll try and put a link up there a little bit later on. Uh, Johnny Brixton, Will Smith. Don't get it. Thank you. <laughs> no, do you know, I don't get Will Smith either. I quite like him. I think he's terribly good-looking. Uh, Steve... David in Kennington's friend Anita is now a convert to the show, listening for the second day. And well, you waited around 30 years, like many people. Uh, and Dee says, I still don't know when you can smoke in a car or lorry, but I'm developing a cough. And I gave up just before you did. Christina in Belvedere, on my way to work on South East Train to Charing Cross. Do you know, I've got to check on my, um, on my Oyster card, whether I can use it from Waterloo to uh, Twickenham. Or whether I've got, I've got to put the right uh, zones in. Steve says, Ross, I believe if you pay income tax for the use of a company car, you can do what you like. <laughs> I don't think you can. I don't think you can. And, um... Oh, d- this is for four years, Christina. Who says, uh, please help me wish James a happy birthday. Who is two on Friday, so happy birthday, two on Friday. Phil in Clapham says, perhaps you were right, the policeman was trained at Heston. Uh, and Steve uh, from Gyro, forget about idiots who leave their fog lamps on. We should hang drivers who indicate just as the lights change and they go right. I did that the other day. I sat behind somebody. I was in the lane and the two cars in front of me. I thought, oh, this is fun. I'll just put my little foot down and we'll shoot over these lights. We get to the traffic lights. The one in front of me decides to indicate right. So we all sit there for ten minutes. Oh, I tell you, if I'd have had an apple, I'd have thrown it at him. I was feeling that upset. Anyway, not upset at all, and not in the studio, but uh, down on the windswept coast. We're not going to tell you where she is. I'm just going to tell you that she's staying in a most unusual place. Susan Spence. <laughs> Good morning. How are Very you? Qu- is this phone inside where you're staying? Yes, it is, yeah. How yeah. nice. I'm staying in a lighthouse on the southeast of Cornwall. Yes, as you do. As you do. Oh, it's lovely. Is it nice? Yeah, it's very quiet. It. It's very quiet. The yeah. phone line. No, no, the, the actual place seems quiet. I expected to hear sort of waves lashing the side of the building. Well, no, because I'm actually... Uh, the way, <laughs> Where they've put the telephone is kind of in the, in the sort of, you know, um, the delves of the place. So um, I'm actually in a... Well, it's, it's a bit like a cupboard, really. Um, this, oh, right. little, this little bit doesn't have any view. But, um, oh, it's amazing. It's, um, it's right on the, on the entrance to uh, Falmouth Harbour. So it kind of guards and guides the ships through... Um, but the, the difference between this one and quite a lot of them is that it's right on the the edge of the cliff. You couldn't really get any further without going for a swim, really. Um, and to get down to it, it's about, it's about a 300-metre walk. Um, very, very steep. How they manage in the in the real icy conditions, I have no idea. Because mm. uh, you have to, all your luggage, you have to make sure is on wheels. Yeah. There's no other way you can get down. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it really is lovely, and it's got an, an observation deck, so you have to kind of come out of the main area 
and then just go a few steps into another door. And then you've got this huge window where it just looks out onto uh, the English Channel and all these ships, which, you know, are amazing. And uh, just watching them and quite a lot of um, wildlife as well. Um, and also it's situated on a place called St. Anthony's Head. So it's, do you remember in the, well, you probably won't remember, but um, in the sort of wartime they had batteries. And they have a St. Anthony's Battery where it's all been built into the side of the hill. And you, you can go around this where the guys, the soldiers used to, you know, guard that particular part of the area. There were six of them. And we went up there yesterday. And it's amazing because they've just got little, little slats that you can look through. But you've got this panoramic view of the whole of the English Channel and the entrance to Falmouth Harbour. So you can imagine all the ships coming in, the enemy ships, and then just like, you know, picking them off one, one by one. But it's very clever the way that they've built it all into the side. So oh, it's quite a historical area as well. What's it like living in the lighthouse? Is it not a bit maddening, just walking round and round? Well, this one, this one is the lighthouse, the actual lighthouse itself, right, is just outside your front door. Right. Um, and you're pretty much stuck to the side of it. Um, <laughs> so you're in your kitchen and you're kind of hanging over the sea edge, really. Mm. Um, we're waiting for the fog horn to go. We thought maybe we'd get the fog horn yesterday because the fog really came down. Um, but it didn't go off because I think it wasn't just quite foggy enough on our side. Um, but it's very, you know, it's very quiet. Um, and you can you can see the light going round if you kind of, you know, go and stand in a particular area. But it's not like it's, you know, it's not like you know, the light's going round and round as you're sat in the lounge or something like that. Um, but it's just, it, it's, it's a really unusual feeling to be in a place like this because it, it is so very quiet. It's so, until you open the door and then all of a sudden, you can imagine, you know, these lighthouse keepers here, uh, you open the door and you're, you're right hanging over the rocks. And w- what's amazing about these things is that the water just completely, one minute it's, it's quite nice and you can see all the rocks and all the birds. And then the next minute the tide comes in, all the rocks are covered and you think, God, just as well, you know, a lighthouse and other boys and things are here because ships would just, they wouldn't know there were any rocks here. Um, so watching the tide and all of that kind of thing is just, I find it very, very interesting. But it's just, a, it's got a lovely feel to it. it. Really very romantic, quite nostalgic, really kind of takes you back to the old times as if, you know, you were a lighthouse keeper. So for me, who loves lighthouses, it, this really couldn't be any better. It's just wonderful. And it, it's yours a working one. Does the light come on? Yeah, yeah, the light, the light comes on, it's, it's working, because they're all automated now, right. lighthouses in the UK. Um, and the maintenance man comes once a week, uh, and we rang them and said, could you call us and let us know when he's coming, because we thought, well, we don't want to be out for a walk while the maintenance man comes, because what he'll do is, he allows you, he'll take you into the light and show you all the workings of it and what he does every month. Wow. So, yeah, it's absolutely working. There's a, fo- a foghorn, and the light goes, it comes on round about half past, half past four each day, and that's it on until sunrise which is round about eight o'clock hmm. in the morning so it's not it's pitch black at the moment the waves are just lapping around and the ships you can see in the distance all the lights it's wonderful how nice yeah you'd love it you absolutely love it steve oh it sounds sounds up my street completely mm. i was looking through a book the other day john warrington had a book of national trust properties and there you can stay in castles and remote cottages and, and i thought what a lovely get away from it all kind of holiday well yeah it's f- funny because part of the, the bit by the battery is owned by the national trust and they have the lieutenant's quarters, the captain's quarters, um, just up the hill. They're at the top of the hill. Um, I had a look at them yesterday, and they're really quite quaint as well, because you can imagine the soldiers living in there. Um, and they've just kept what they can, and then, you know, turned it into nice, very small little cottages, hmm. so that people can get a feel and stay, 
in a nice place. But I have to admit, you get people, there's a sign to the lighthouse. And, of course, we have padlock gates and everything else, so people can only go so far unless, of course, you're, you know, you're living in the lighthouse. Yeah. And that, that, that makes it kind of special as well. Sounds lovely. It really does. I, I wish you uh, an enjoyable week down there. Thank you, Steve. And we'll, we'll see you back up here next week. Yes, I'll be back in the studio next week, yeah. Very chilled out, no doubt. <laughs> Thanks for that, Susan. Thanks, Steve. Bye. Take care. Bye. Susan Spence down there in their light. It sounds delightful, doesn't it? The getaway holiday from it all. We're going to stay in a... The kids would love it, wouldn't they? We're going to stay in a lighthouse. What are we going to do? We're just going to stay in a lighthouse. How lovely. 16 minutes past six. London's biggest conversation continues with Steve Allen, LBC 97.3. 620, James Whale says, says Trevor, who's a right telltale tit, that you leave your empty envelopes in your in-tray. I don't have an in-tray, I don't know what you're talking about. To make it look like you're popular. Oh, Trevor, I think the trouble is with old James, he's so old and so decrepit, he's, he's probably just jealous in his own little way. Even John Cushing the other day said to me, he said, you do get the most post. Can't help it, people just write to me. Do people write to you, Trevor? I hope so. In Dagenham? I know Dagenham very well indeed. Don't forget, it's our bog off, uh, and it's the Samsung 32-inch LCD television. Only till seven. Buy one, get one free. Details coming up in a moment. But he's been uh, laid low with that horrible bug. Poor old Steve Hargrave. Not at all well, are you? Hello? Oh, right, he's not there now. Oh, right, so he'll be there in, in one... I thought, well, I was happily rambling on, all of a sudden it went very quiet at the other end. So let me just quickly, while we're getting him up, tell you about the bog-off for the 32-inch LCD television. This is buy one, get one free. For every bid you make, get the second one free. Lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence, nobody else makes. Hope it's you. Auction closes at 4pm today. You text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to treble 821. So, LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to treble 821. Every second bid you make between now and 7 is free. The bid will cost £1.50, plus your standard network rate. Lines close at 4pm. You've got to be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. But you must take the free bids by 7. So you can't carry them over to the other side. So it's £1.50 for two bids. Normally it's £1.50 for one, but you get two for £1.50 this morning because it's a bog-off only on the Steve Allen Show. And at uh, four o'clock this afternoon, somebody will be winning that fantastic Samsung 32-inch LCD television. I hope it's you. Morning, Stevie. You hope it's me? Thank are you. you. Are, are you better now? <laughs> yeah, just about, yeah. yeah. I, I just sort of shook most of it off yesterday and then... Uh, Feel, feel all right again now. So, Enough to get people low, doesn't it? Oh, it's, it's really bad. I haven't been that ill in quite a long time. Don't no. mean to moan. I don't like listening to people moan about it, but it really knocks you out, doesn't it? it really yeah, but the helps. trouble is, I think talking about it, everybody else goes, I've had that. I didn't have the strength to get up either. You know, I think I think you're right. At the moment, everyone seems to have been affected by it, don't yeah. they? So yeah. yeah, a couple of days actually just... Properly in bed. Properly. Properly bed. Up. Never mind. <laughs> so, uh, so that was fun. I want lots of DVDs. Right, well, of course you do. <laughs> oh, so you were able to actually get up to put the DVDs in the machine? Well, yeah, I won't say about that anyway. Right. I have someone to do that for me, so that's... <laughs> right, onwards and upwards. Music? <laughs> yeah, uh, the Astoria, tonight, as we're hearing in the news, actually, the, uh... Well, sad, actually, really. I really like the Astoria. Really. Yeah, me too. I can't believe they're being allowed to pull it down. I know. Just for a railway station. Nice. It's for the crossrail, yeah. No, I don't care. Road, new, new station, which does look very flash, as you'd hope it to. And Tottenham Court Road is a bit squished. And but that whole corner is all coming down, all those buildings and everything. Thing, all the shops, that piece of London history. Story one, story no. two, all that lovely, lovely building that's down there. It's, that huge disco underneath, which used to be the sundown. 
All going. All going, everything. One big fell swoop. Dear That's man. quite sad. It's going to be a bit chaotic down there by all accounts. You want to come to Leicester school. Square? The whole Swiss centre's gone. The clock and everything. Yep, yep. be nothing okay, left. That, that disappeared suddenly, that did. I, I, you know, I cut yes, I looked missed the, well. uh, the cuckoos and all that, whatever it was. <sighs> anyway, the story of tonight, the demolition ball, it's sadly a bit slapdash. It's been stuck together. They actually had to move uh, forward the, the date that they, they ended the gigs here, so... They were planning a big swan song. That's now been cancelled. Very quickly, a guy uh, called Get Cake Wear Cloak Fly has put together this gig tonight, which he's playing at. It's, money's going to charity, which is all good, but the lineup, in all honesty, is a little bit disappointed for the end of such a venue. I just hope someone big, big turns up and gives it a proper goodbye. Um, but bless him for trying. Uh, who else playing? JJ72. Lots of sort of pretty small, low-key bands. And this guy, we'll play about this guy. He's called Frank Turner. He'll be on the bill tonight. He's really good fun, actually, live as well. He does this sort of uh, folky, vaguely Irishy sounding thing. And uh, he's playing tonight at the Astoria to say goodbye to it. He's also playing on the 28th of January in Kingston. His album's Love Iron Song. The track we've got is called Long Live the Queen. That song that we had at Christmas a couple of years ago, you know. And I'm five, I'm Jack Mother, Dad's Jay, Bruce Lee, picks You know what, Dad's, I know what you mean. It sounds it sound like that. that it does sound, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I think it's the chords, isn't it? Probably the same. Yeah. Very funny. I can't yeah. remember what the song was yeah. called, but it sounded exactly like that. That was my JCB song, that one. Yeah. I know yeah. everybody like. I know James O'Brien went crackers for it. Oh, I think yeah. because his his father might have bought him a JCB or he got run over by one or something something like that. Or he's seen one. <laughs> Some know. sentimental reason. Some like sentimental that. reason why I like <laughs> JCBs. <laughs> uh, only time for one more piece of music, uh, Stevie. Right, so it's going to have to be a first aid kit. First we'll aid play them. They're really good. Got the CD actually sent to me this week, and I really like it. Really like it. Swedish sisters, bizarrely only fifteen and eighteen, and they have an EP out on February the twenty third called Broken Trees. Um, and they're coming over uh, next month as well. We don't have any dates yet, but we'll let you know when. Uh, but this is really nice. New music, first aid kit. This song is called You're Not Coming Home Tonight. Very nice. Very nice. What a lovely voice. I know. I they're called... Is 18. Yeah. First aid like kits, they're called, for those people. Write their own songs. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice indeed. Pet Shop Boys' new album out, March 23rd. Yeah, they're just starting talking about it now. Well, first review came out that said it was yes. uh, pretty good, actually, on the internet as well. Johnny Mars on there playing... Uh, they wrote the songs with some of the, well, a couple of songs with Xenomania, the, the team that write the Girls Aloud tracks. Right. As well. Um, so they sort of teamed up for a few. I think the Pet Shop Boys actually have co-written the new Girls Aloud single. Yes, they have, yes. Yes. Um, so good, good to have them back. And of course, the Brits next month, they're picking up the Lifetime Achievement Prize. So quite looking forward to that, actually, because I've, I've never actually spoken to Neil Tennant before on Chris Lowe, so... Good to see them. Good to speak to them. Very good to see them. Good to have them back. Uh, very quickly, uh, you two are playing at the Brit Awards, new single. Yeah, that's announced. So the Brit Awards next Tuesday is when we actually find out the proper nominations, I yeah. think, for everything. But yeah, confirmed that you two are going to open the show, I think, with their new song. I'd imagine they'll play an old one as well. Um, but yeah, new album, No Line on the Horizon, out March the 2nd. So okay. Look forward to that. About that. Yes. Lovely. All right, kiddo, we'll talk next week, same time. I'll, I'm off to see Will Smith then. Oh, how lovely. <laughs> it's film, film, films. Yes, yes. All right, we'll talk next week. I'll talk next week, let you know who it was. Be good. Take care. Have a good one. Steve Bye. Hargrave. Uh, Noah and the Whale, new tour. Uh, Barack Obama's party this weekend features Beyonce, Bono, Bruce Springsteen, Stevie Wonder, and Usher. And that's what you call a good lineup.
So I was hoping we had at last found somebody from the sports department who could manage the horse racing on their own and I could leave it to them. How wrong I was, he said. <laughs> Tuesday's results, uh, Alex picked pension policy, third out of seventh, total loss £8.77. The sports editor went for Benedict Spirit, fifth out of seventh. I'm afraid. Again, I, I wasn't alone on going for that. It went off the favourite, and it was nowhere near it this no, time I'm yesterday. Sure, it's enough. I'm afraid. Seven pound twenty. You've lost. Mm. Uh, so today we're off to uh, Newbury, the twelve fifty Mount Heliconnell. I think somebody should have asked her first. <laughs> it's an old one, but I'm prepared to use it. <laughs> Mount Helicon, win only, please. Okay, I've, you, I've gone for some late night racing at Kempton at nine twenty. Lex right. Lenos. Lex Lenos. Yeah. Sounds like a character out of a Superman comic, doesn't it? Lex Lenos. <laughs> what time was that? Uh, 9.20 tonight. Okay. Do you know what a definition of love is? No. No. They asked a load of kids the other day, and uh, Chrissy, age six, says, love is, when you go, love is when you go out to eat and you give somebody most of your French fries without making them give you any of theirs. Fair point. Okay. Uh, and Danny says, love is when my mummy makes coffee for my daddy and she takes a sip before giving it to him to make sure the taste is okay. <laughs> Even better, though, from Emily, aged eight, who says love is when you kiss all the time. Then when you get tired of kissing, you still want to be together and you talk more. <laughs> My mummy and daddy are like that. They look gross when they kiss. <laughs> it's that horrible thing, isn't it? Oh, your parents are kissing. Don't let them kiss. It's not nice. However, the, uh, the most uh, wise advice comes from Nika, age six, who says, if you want to learn to love better, you should start with a friend who you hate. Very so we we'll look forward to seeing that's you tomorrow. Deep. That's deep, isn't it, for six? <laughs> I like that as well. So we'll see you tomorrow. Will they? Hopefully with a winner in his mm, hand. Hopefully. So Very mounting well. helicopter. I'll, I'll send that on to you, actually, Phil, because I forgot to print it okay. earlier on. So I shall send it on. In fact, no, I shall get to, Amanda to send it on to you now. So it'll come to you now. OK, and uh, Phil's back with all the team on The Breakfast Show this morning. It's quite warm in the studio. I warn everybody upstairs now. Nothing to do with us. It's just that the air conditioning has sort of had a mind of its own. So my advice is, uh, if Nick could turn up in just vest and pants, that would be absolutely fine. Uh, yesterday, I opened my envelope live on air, uh, my membership of the Magic Circle, because I was an associate of the Magic Circle, and then things changed, so you'll have to check back and refer to yesterday's podcast. And uh, Corin and Tony, uh, remember seeing Jack Delvin's one-man magic show? And they went to the Magic Circle, the members' club room for drinks and snacks. Wonderful night to remember. And do you remember when you compared a magic show at the Battersea Arts Centre? God, I do vaguely. I do vaguely remember that. I do. And also, Alders in Croydon. Yes, I remember. Good Lord. Uh, and I also got uh, a number of texts and emails. Terry Herbert. Note to congratulate you, he says. Funnily enough, I always thought you were a member of the Magic Circle. I saw Terry at the International uh, Day. Nothing from Seabrook at the moment. Don't worry, we will be checking on that one. Uh, from Angela Carbone. He says, I fell asleep at four during Bill Buckley, but I'm looking forward to your visits to the headquarters. Uh, lovely Duncan Trillo. Uh, is also, he doesn't get there very often either, so it'd be like me and him together. But I remember Duncan when he performed in Covent Garden, and he runs the excellent uh, magicweek.co.uk on the website. Uh, Jamie out at uh, Watford says, um, good luck for your test tomorrow. We've got to get through another night of no, no drinking and then the no eating tomorrow. Enjoy your mini tangerines. She says, normally I'm asleep, a complete insomniac. So woke up and heard the programme. And I must thank all the other people from the, uh, from the circle as well, to Rob Cox and Mandy Davis and to Rob Page and David Weeks. Duncan Trillo, Terry Herbert and Angelo, as I said uh, a short while ago. Thank you very much indeed. And I forgot to mention, actually, because I should have mentioned yesterday, that Mandy Davis and Rob Cox are the first people to have got married at the Magic Circle because they're now licensed to hold weddings there. And they got married, about time too, some might say. But uh, they did it, first couple to get married. And in fact, they met 
on an LBC dating show. They met on an LBC dating show. That's fantastic. And so they got married down there. So still together. Even the, even the, the lure of LBC couldn't drag them apart. It was a, a late night show that used to go out. Uh, so congratulations to them as well. 17, no it's not, it's 20 minutes to 7. Bad news, if this is true, Johnny thinks it might be. He says, can I give you a heads up on a rumour circulating within the black cab trade? I know you support the trade and I'll be horrified that we might be forced to put our prices up in April. The majority of cabbies don't want it because in a recession it's just not on and we need public support. A fair increase is madness and would be another nail in the coffin of the trade. Anybody else know about this one? It's a good one for the standard to follow up. So there might be a price increase for the black cabs in April. Anybody want to check that one out? I'm sure that somebody will. Lennon Bushy. I've just watched your Croydon show on YouTube. Wonderful. Do thank the lady who posted. It was lovely Dawn who posted it. And, in fact, that's up on there. And it's Steve Allen at Croydon. And it's the last six minutes of the last show that we did there, complete with the snow and Richard Hakea singing and everything else. So it was, uh, it's quite nostalgic watching it again. Phil wants to know, having listened to Susan in the Lighthouse, does she turn the light out at night? Colin is- Islington says you're almost sage-like. I think that's a good thing. I think sages is very good. And somebody's saying, why don't you get your kit off for the ladies? I'm not actually sure whether that was sent in as a joke or not. But believe you me, I don't think anybody would actually pay to see me. Oh, they probably would, actually. And uh, Angela says, do you see yourself giving up alcohol? The way you gave up smoking after one day, no turning back, even after just one, seemed to have made a huge difference for uninterrupted sleep. Uh, I could actually quite happily give up give up wine, I think, because I looked at the, the, uh, the half-empty bottle this morning from two days ago, and I thought, ooh, I nearly poured it down the sink. And then I thought, no, that would be a terrible waste of money. Terrible waste of money. So I haven't... It doesn't actually bother me in the slightest. I did nearly, last night, but I, I resisted. I did nearly go for chocolate milkshake, but then resisted that. So I had a Diet Coke instead. Oh, that was nice. Sort of OK. Uh, today, all the, uh, the phone-ins are going to be talking about uh, Sooty Gate... This one is on the front of most of the papers. They're going to be talking about Charles and Harry's name for their Asian pal, a wealthy Asian businessman. He doesn't bother about it in the slightest. And so my argument is, if he's not bothered about it, why should anybody else be bothered about it? They're not calling anybody else that name. Cristiano Ronaldo has registered his initials as a trademark, which is good, uh, together with the number nine. This fuels fears, apparently. The Man United number seven is off to Real Madrid. Uh, and also, despite... Do you know, I thought every shop was packed over Christmas. I'm obviously going to the wrong places, because all the shops I went in were packed. However, we're now told that it was everybody's worst Christmas ever. It was absolutely terrible, the shops are suffering, and you're going to see more and more people closing their, their apartments and shops and things like that, because they can't survive. I don't know why all round my way it was, it was pretty big, pretty big and pretty busy. Do not serve drinks to the wino. That's Amy Winehouse. As she crawls on all fours to beg diners for booze, as the hotel staff were told not to give her any booze. I always think if you want to get booze, you can get booze, so she's obviously still trying to get it. Uh, a lovely uh, name, Gargar by name, Gargar by nature. Taking a flight in skin-tight PVC leggings sounds like torture, but Lady Gargar isn't a normal pop star. No, she's another one of those who's blind at night. She goes out at night time with her sunglasses on. It's a little bit naff, I'm afraid. Unless you really have an eye defect or you've got glaucoma or something like that. Wearing sunglasses at night just looks a little bit silly, I'm afraid. I know lots of people do it. I myself have been known to wear sunglasses during the daytime, but certainly not at night. Oh, and by the way, if you want to lift your, uh, your parrot up, Prozac. Prozac, apparently, is a thing. A soppy parrot who got depressed after developing a crush on her owner was treated with Prozac. 
Chico, so it's very naff and very tacky, a blue-fronted Amazon thought Joyce was her mate and kept attacking her husband. I've heard of this before. And so they've now put the bird on, on Prozac, and now it just sits there staring into the distance, you know, not really wanting to do anything at all. Pretty Polly? I don't think so. I don't know. It's quarter to seven. Steve Allen's... Oh, oh, oh dear. I was going to mention the Club 1830 reps. They're in trouble. Why? I'll tell you after the news. It's impossible to live in London and not have a view on the Heathrow expansion, whether it's the noise, the environment, or your holiday plans. LBC 97.3 is giving you the chance to put questions to our Mayor of London, Boris Johnson, and his Assembly members and find out what they're doing for the capital and its people. People's Question Time takes place Wednesday, 21st of January, at the Beck Theatre in Hayes, discussing the issues of the Heathrow expansion and what it means for the environment, businesses and residents of London. To request free tickets, call the box office on 0208 561 8371. For full terms and uh, conditions, look at our website, lbc.co.uk. That number again is 0208 561 8371. Eight minutes to, uh, no, it's not, it's nine minutes to uh, seven this Wednesday morning. A bit chilly today, so uh, wrap up, but it will be sunny spells later on. They're in trouble, the Club 1830 holiday reps facing the sack. They were snapped giving Hitler-style Nazi salutes at a company awards bash. Now, to be honest with you, I don't actually think this is a story, but it's, uh, at the moment they seem to be running with just about anything in the newspapers that they can find. Uh, apparently, Holocaust charities branded it completely unacceptable. You can always find somebody who's going to find this unacceptable, but it was a private do behind closed doors, and they did a thing there. I suppose it could be seen as doing a Basil Fawlty. What do we do? Do we go to the BBC and say, right, take all these... Uh, you won't find a more racist programme than Faulty Towers. You're hard pushed to find a programme where there isn't something mentioned in the Faulty Towers genre that goes all the way through. So could this be seen as being doing a basil? They would probably describe it, because I'm led to believe that most of the Club 1830 reps are out for a good time. And judging by the look of this bunch of people here, they look as though they've had the good time. But is it really worth dragging this thing up again? I don't know. It's like the shroud of secrecy surrounding the wind turbine. As uh, we pointed out yesterday, if it's aliens, they must be the most incompetent buffoons you've ever discovered from another planet. As they come down, they've, you know, dodged meteorite storms and then, oh, looky-doo, we've crashed into a wind turbine. Well, we're not very bright aliens, are we? Nothing to do with aliens at all. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the programme uh, they've uh, decided to take Kelly Brook on as Britain's fourth judge on Britain's Got Talent. No evidence of suggesting that Kelly Brook has got any talent whatsoever in spotting anybody else. As far as I know, she doesn't work for an agency. Uh, she doesn't run an agency. She's never discovered anybody at all. She's just a pretty-looking girl who had a relationship which she sold all the stories about in the papers. Then it split up, so she sold more stories. Then she attempted to read the auto queue on Channel 4. Didn't do very well on that. Went to Cele Celebrity Love Island. And uh, if you remember out there, the co-host was going, I'm not working on her, well, she's dim. You remember the big bust-up, so they never spoke to each other, and now they're going to sit her on Britain's Got Talent with poor Amanda Holden and her thin, ropey-looking hair. I mean, you can almost see that Amanda Holden's going to be shoved to one side, because Amanda's not, not pretty in the same way that Kelly is sort of just Miss Smiley Smiley Carol Smiley. But whether or not she's going to utter anything of any remote interest to anybody remains to be seen. We will watch, though. We will watch, I think. I certainly will be. Uh, Daily Star today, uh, Coolio... Do you know this boy never goes to sleep on Celebrity Big Brother? You go down there and you watch in the early hours of the morning and he's still chatting to Terry Christian. And it just goes on and on and on. And they talk about nothing in particular. Absolutely nothing in particular. But apparently uh, they're now saying it's the boys against the girls. And they're all saying that Ben Adams, who was the one that was in A1, has turned out to be so dreary. 
I mean, it's such a shame he's going to come out thinking, oh, I've relaunched a career, and people are going to be saying, I don't think so. I don't think so. You've come over as, uh, as a little bit boring, I'm afraid, in there. Just as well the boy band thing never actually took off at all. Uh, a businessman has claimed in the paper he was buzzed by nine UFOs as he walked his dog past a wind turbine. What is it with our wind turbines and these aliens now? They seem to want to hang around them all the time. Nine, he said, I wasn't the only one. He said, uh, we've had a number of calls and emails saying people have seen the same thing. You can always find that. You can go on to anything. I bet you anything, if I say tomorrow morning... And in fact, we did do it on LBC a while ago. We, uh, we pretended, we had a magician on, and we pretended that he had powers of bending metal. And we said to people in the early hours of the morning, uh, just you know, tell us if anything's happened. He's actually going to concentrate all his powers. If anything happens, for goodness sake, give us a ring, and then we can put you on the air. And we had no end of people phoning up saying, this has happened, it's fantastic, my watch has started going... It was all a bit Yuri Geller. But it was amazing how you could just take an ordinary person and convince people that, that he was something special. And then we did drawings and we said, right, you know, what drawing have you done? And then he did a, a drawing that matched it in the studio. It was all terribly, terribly clever, actually. Terribly clever. But at the same time, you didn't believe a word of it. Well, we didn't believe a word of it, but unfortunately, quite a number of people did believe it. Uh, in the paper today as well, uh, dreary Heather Mills out on the town. <gasps> Boring. Anne Winnicombe talking about uh, the cost of being a good mum. And she says congratulations to Charlotte Church on the arrival of her second child, on her intention to have a big family, on her even more important intention to stay at home. Many a mum would like to be full-time at home and bring up children, but unlike Charlotte Church, just can't afford to do so. It's very strange, actually, isn't it, really? I thought the thing that Anne Winnicombe would have been concentrating on is the fact that Charlotte Church is an unmarried mother. But no, Winnicombe has not mentioned it one tiny bit. Although the bit that is mentioned in the paper today is uh, Fat Boy Fat, Eamon Holmes, is finally going to be appearing on a show about losing weight and he's going to be taking part. He said, I finally decided I'm going to. This is a man who just overeats, I'm afraid, has hardly ever done any exercise apart from perhaps combing his hair. And that's just about it. So he's going to be on this programme helping him to lose weight. It's funny, they all do that, don't they? They get to a certain age, then they suddenly realise that you've got to be fit because to be fat is unhealthy, it's a drain on the NHS, it's not good for you, it means you finish it. So just when you get really into your life, you start to oh, no, now, look at that poor bloke in America, the half-ton boy. And everybody sat there and watched the programme, and all we kept thinking was, I'm so glad I'm not that fat. Brett says, do you know the current single for Amy Winehouse out is called Rehab, and the lyrics along the lines of, they said I needed rehab, I said no, no, no. He said, what message does that give to impressionable young people? Got a problem with drinking or drugs? Get offered help and make a song out of it? It's what they do now, isn't it? It's all, it's all songs, I'm afraid, in the charts. And it's the kind of songs that sell millions in young people. I shouldn't imagine we ever thought for an instant what the words were of, uh, of any of the, uh, the songs. I don't, I don't remember sitting down and thinking and analysing words. It wasn't until later when people said, oh, it's this, it's that, it's that. Uh, Ali says... Uh, glad to be listening to you after a seven-month break. You make me feel better and less alone following a painful split with my cheating ex. And, uh, Steve, your sports presenter sounds very rough this morning. Does he have a cold? No, I don't think so. It just, it just sounds like that all the time. Uh, Steve, haven't heard about the black cab fare increases, although we must remember we saw no fare hikes when fuel went through the roof. Unlike the airlines, it would be very unwise. Would it not? Would it not be unwise if they actually put up the cab fares. Most drivers, I don't think, want it at all. Helen says, don't suppose you saw Darren Brown on TV last night. Do you know how on earth he does it? 
Well, I've got a pretty good idea. That's all I can tell you. Listen, I'm back with you uh, tomorrow morning. Thank you for your company this morning. Don't forget to go and podcast. If you go to lbc.co.uk, you can learn how to podcast. It'll be the uh, easiest thing you've ever done and possibly one of the cheapest from as little as £2 a month. You can download everything. Have a great day. Nick's with you after the news, which is next. <coughs>